Did you ever wonder what your pastor didn't say on Sunday? This is the Afterthoughts Show, a podcast inspired to help Christians walk with Jesus throughout the week. Your hosts are Zane Garza and Pastor Chris Chadwick from Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego, California. And we'll talk about biblical truths that didn't make it into Sunday morning's message. Welcome to the Afterthought Show. I'm Zane Garza. I'm Chris Chadwick. This is a podcast for Canyon Ridge by Canyon Ridge. And past- I think it should be by Canyon Ridge for Canyon Ridge. What did I say? You said for Canyon Ridge by Canyon Ridge. It should and be it the should, other way around. I think it should be by for. Like, like in Christmas, it's always gift from to. to. Okay. So it should be from Canyon Ridge to Canyon Ridge. I'm just going to say that then. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast from Canyon Ridge to Canyon, to Canyon Ridge. Pastor, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it makes any sense, but in my mind, it's like, I think it should be the other way around. All right. Well, moving on. For those um, of you that don't know, Zane Garza is not feeling well today, so... Um, I'm all right. I'm we'll right. we'll um, we'll make it through here. But if he's not his normal chipper self from the Midwest, you won't really notice a difference. <laughs> <laughs> That's facts. So, Pastor, yesterday was our 21st anniversary. Indeed, it was. You started the church 21 years ago. You and Miss Debbie. We did. I'm yeah. Not going to count the girls. They, yeah. were just, they were just there. They but... were a blessing. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were awesome. So here's how I want to open. You were 30 years old. Yeah. Were you more mature than me at 30 years old than I am at 32? Bro, I'm 51 <laughs> and I'm still not more mature than you. So. Um, I don't know. I, I, no, I, obviously not. Um, I just, matter of fact, I was talking to somebody uh, just a few minutes ago in another meeting that I, um, it's just the Lord's timing. It was the right thing for us to do in the moment. Looking back, it was like all a step of faith and it was, um, scary, but in retrospect, which is probably not always the wisest thing to do, but in retrospect, I think I was a little bit too young and it had, I had it to do over again, I would, I would probably be a little bit older. Like how so, much older? Like six weeks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Probably, probably, probably 35 ish, 35 ish. Hmm. Yeah. So, but I've loved every second of it. I've loved it. And we've seen good days and we've seen God bring us through some struggles and some challenges and, and he just is always faithful. And so right. mm-hmm. uh, I love it. So yeah, yesterday was a good day. Fun it time. was it was a good day. You uh, threw a change up. You were in Philippians yesterday. Yes. Well, I mean, we knew you probably wouldn't be in Romans, but after Frontline Hero Sunday, you were leaving us all in question. I wasn't really sure. Yeah. Yeah. I Why Philippians? Because I wanted to talk about <laughs> Philippians three. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could literally, I could say like a platitude, like I really felt the Lord wanted us to go there, and I did. But I really, um, just really wanted, felt like we needed to hear that message, and so. Um, and let me rephrase: I felt like we needed to hear that passage. The passage is where the power is. The messenger is the messenger. It's the sword of the spirit. That's the word of God. Not, not per se the delivery. And I say per se, certainly not the delivery, certainly not even in in many ways the content of the preaching. It's the preached word of God that changes lives. Uh, And God has to use individuals to do that because that's his plan that he orchestrated. And uh, I just really believed that that would be a great passage. And and it, it spoke to me. And, you know, having preached, I don't know, 
a lot of sermons over the years. I should figure that out one day, how many it's been, but I, I, I don't think that matters at the end of the day. But having preached a lot of sermons over the years, um, normally when, I, when you feel God speak to you in a certain way, you're like, okay, I think this isn't just for me. So I don't know if anybody else got anything out of it, but it was a blessing to me. That's a great passage for sure. Is there anything that you wish? He said great passage, folks. He did not say great message. So I think he agreed with me <laughs> that the messenger stunk, but the passage is powerful. <laughs> so, I'm just teasing. I'm I was teasing. trying to think of some. Uh, whatever. Yeah. whatever. Uh, is there anything that you wish you would have said yesterday? Hindsight. Um, this is the Afterthought Show. This is the Afterthought Show. Um you know, in a passage like this, you could go for so many different applications and directions. I, I really, in evaluating what I said, um, I, I think the thing that I probably wish I uh, had talked about a little bit more is verse number one, to write the same thing to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. I spoke about that, but I really wish that I had talked and because we have the two services, I think I, I said different things in both. And I kind of um, wish I had maybe said the same thing in both services and combined them. Like, I don't have a problem saying the same thing. And I told story a story about a guy at our church, the you know, first time we did sermon review, and I don't think I illustrated it well, but the first time we ever did sermon review for our community Bible studies, uh, this guy who graduated from the alma, my alma mater, like, Starts telling people, I'm not coming. I already know this stuff. I've heard this. He just preached on Sunday. Why do I have to, you know, da da da? And just really, just a, a negative knucklehead. And um, I sat down. I remember sitting down and talking with him and, like, you know, the Bible says, I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, 2 Peter 3 1. And uh, over and over again, we hear the same thing in Scripture. Paul is very repetitive in, in his writing. I shouldn't say Paul. I should say the Holy Spirit is very repetitive because the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. And the Old Testament and the New Testament build off each other. They repeat each other. They reintroduce the same truths in different ways. So I had that conversation with him, and he's like, yeah, well, I still don't think we should hear the same thing. We need to hear stuff new. No, 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 we shouldn't. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. It's been around forever. So, um I just wish that I uh, maybe had said the same thing in, in, in both of the services. And so, yeah. Amen. Which is the joy of having two services. If you're there for both, you're like, oh, that was pretty good. Now that we put it all together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. I usually have like a favorite. Like, oh, 8.30 was my favorite today. 10.30 was What was favorite. yesterday's favorite? Uh, 8.30 is the, the, my general favorite. For sure. I felt like I was better at the 8.30 service yesterday. I felt like I felt like I, I, I was more confident, comfortable. I don't know if that's it or whatever, but I felt better than, with the 8.30. I don't always, but I felt better yesterday. I always feel like the 10.30 is my favorite <laughs> when I'm preaching. When you're preaching? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I just did it. Yeah. No, I, I normally like the, the freshness of the 8.30. Amen. Well, I'm going to hit you with some community Bible study questions. Ooh. Get your insight on that. These are unseen. I have unseen. not heard or seen these questions. They've not been emailed yet? They have been emailed to me, but I didn't read them. Mm. So, yeah, just because we've had a busy busy day so far. So if you have time. access to Pastor Chadwick's email, you can go ahead and take a peek. <laughs> <laughs> Here's question number one. What are some differences between the way you viewed serving the Lord as a new Christian versus as a mature believer? So to give you some context, your first point was there is more to be done. Talking about serving the Lord, um, mm -hmm. it's easy to maybe to get content with where you are or what you've done in the past. Um, but as you've grown in your Christian walk, what are some ways, some different ways that you view serving the Lord? Um, read the question again. 
what, what are some differences between the way you viewed serving the Lord as a new Christian versus a mature believer? Well, I think there's a—I'll uh, deal with the negative tendency first. The negative tendency is that I—we uh, all probably view it at times um, as, I've done this before— this is, this is not new. This is not fresh. When we're first saved, like everything is fun. I can put chairs up for Jesus. I can, I can, you know, I can put a flyer on a door and it have eternal consequence, man, this is amazing. So this is the negative side. And then the older we get like, Oh, I've done this before. I put flyers on door. I didn't see anybody come, you know, or whatever the case may be. Um, I prayed with this person. I prayed for this person and, and nothing great happened. So there's a negative, there's a positive, like when you're new, you're like, I hope, I hope, something good happens. I hope, man, I just want God to do something. And then when you see God do something, then you're like, yes, this is awesome. So, so there's a negative and a positive. Um, sometimes I, I read something the other day, the human mind, the, the, the mind that we have has a propensity to go negative 70 to 80% of the time. So we probably would all think like, oh, I've done this before. When what we need to be reminded of is the power of God that has done uh, great things. I mean, uh, what is it Paul says in Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I tell you what, the older that I get, when I'm walking with the Spirit, man, I'm reminded of the power of God and what he's going to do and the amazing things. When I was hoping before in a serious Christ-like hope, like expectation that God might do something, now I have hope and I have faith. I hope God's going to do something and I've seen God do something. So I have much more confidence in the Lord. And so uh, that's the prayer for every mature believer. And so anyway, yeah. That's, that's my answer. I love it. That's good. Okay. I'm trying to keep my my, my uh, congestion together right now. I wasn't even listening to what you were saying. <laughs> I, it's like like you're listening to the sermon all over again. You're asleep. Amen. So, well, hey, um, third time's a charm is what they say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number next. Oh, I, I really actually like this one. Uh, point number two, there's joy to be lived. Mm. I did, there, like you said, there's many applications you could probably make. But I think sometimes we miss, we we just miss the love of God. We miss His goodness, His faithfulness, which you've talked about uh, in the day to day Christian life, and we get weighed down by the world, our own sin, um, work, whatever. Uh, but you communicated like there's like God has joy for us, and yeah. not not happiness, but joy. Could you speak on the difference between those two? Well, happiness. Um, the verse number one says finally, and and if we remember, the word finally means furthermore. Or I have something more to tell you. It doesn't mean the concluding thought of the book. He's only halfway done with the book. It means there's more to be had. And then he says, finally, my brethren, talking to believers, rejoice in the Lord. And so, rejoice does is not. Uh, it's it's joy. I can speak correctly. Uh, it is not joy brought out of circumstances. It is joy brought out of a settled position in Jesus Christ, knowing that our eternity is assured, that heaven is our home, our salvation is settled, our salvation is rock solid on the on the purchased by the blood of Christ. And so no matter what comes in life, we can rejoice. And Paul is in prison when he's writing this. And so our joy, though at times we are tempted to falter, and this is where everybody messes up their Christian life. They begin to think like, there's something better out there for me. I'm missing something. 
So I got to find a different spouse. I've got to find a different, far less impact than that. I've got to find a different job. I've got to move to a new location. I've got to find, which would, this would be massively impacting. I've got to find a, a new church because I just don't have the, the, the happiness that I should have. Joy is, is the celebration of Jesus, the celebration of our eternity, the celebration of what God is doing, regardless of our circumstances, because it is conditioned only on the power and the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, nothing in this world um, is greater than that. And, that, and that Jesus is to be the source of our joy. That's why we can laugh. That's why we have joy. That's why we high five. That's, that's, those aren't put-ons. Those are like, man, we're, we're happy in the Lord. Believers should be the happiest and most joyful people on the planet. But our joy is born out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and, and we just need to, that, that needs to be the regular condition of believers told to us from a dude who's sitting in a prison going to die for his faith in a few short years. Mm. That's powerful. It's powerful. I'm glad I'm not in prison. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> I don't like prison. <laughs> you've, been, you've been there. I, I'm ministering, oh, yes. Okay. Not, not, not as a permanent resident. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Pastor, you talked about a little bit, um, as you got out of verse number one, you came to this verse number two and verse number three. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are the circumcision. So he's making a distinction there that there's two groups of people here. There's the dogs, the evil workers, there's the circumcision. Who are these uh, evil workers that, that Paul speaks of? These uh, false teachers that want to come in and destroy the church, so we have to remain vigilant. There's, there's a tension that has to be given and connected. That's why God gives pastors to churches. Um, that's why God gives pastors a pastoral gifting responsibility and pastoral authority to care for the theological direction of the church because there are people who always want to come in and and they sound good but they will um, lead a theological insurrection against the truth of the scripture um Jude refers to them this way. I think it's verse number 17. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. They're normally murmurers. Verse number 16, they're murmurs and complainers. Uh, they try to find little problems to bring in division and dissension. And every church has to fight against that. And every pastor has to fight against that. And the pastor shouldn't be the only police officer, on the, uh, in the, the, the only theological police officer uh, in the church. There should be good men and women who stand up and say, no, no, we don't do that here. We don't believe that here. We don't say that here. And we're going to make sure the right people know because you're communicating things that are not accurate and are not true. And so vigilance has to be had. After 21 years, um, we still have to be as vigilant as we were 21 years ago. And so there's people like physically coming in, which I, I get in Paul's day. Right. Um, because they didn't have the internet and all of that. Yeah. Um, so we still see people physically come in and do this. Oh, for sure. So yeah. it's not just like the internet theologians that you know, people are finding on their free time and, and being influenced by. No, that certainly has exacerbated the problem because now, uh, and we went through this recently in a church discipline issue, by the time that anyone in leadership heard about the issue, um, those involved had basically denied the faith uh, and had been so influenced by um, 
a Catholic priest on YouTube that by the time I spoke with him for the first time about it, I mean, I heard about it. We spoke within, I think, 24 hours, 12 hours from the time I heard about it. Um, I asked him a question. Do you believe that Jesus' death on the cross is sufficient for your salvation? And they said, no. I mean, and that was the first time I'd heard about it. And so the Internet has exacerbated that. And those people had started communicating that in our church. And so we had to immediately remove them. It's not normally, historically, it's not going to be that distinct. Um, It's normally going to be less um, cut and dry, less black and white. It's going to be, you know, causing little seeds of dissension and little seeds of division and that's that's what evil workers do. They try to cause a little division. In every in every false teaching, there's a kernel of truth. And so they'll try to take one little thing and make it a kernel of truth. I am working with a young man right now who uh, is involved in a really horrific heretical cult. And uh, their whole theology is based on one verse that they take grossly out of context, but it it almost sounds like they're right, mm. and it's it's completely wrong. Everything is completely wrong. In it. he's not a member of our church, never attended, but I have influence in his life, and and we're working trying to work backwards to the gospel, and. Um, it's just really, really challenging and really sad because he, <clears throat> in college, he fell prey to uh, dogs and evil workers. So as a church member, how should, if a church member is encountering this within the local New Testament church, say Caney Ridge, yeah. how do they approach that situation? Immediately get to a pastoral level uh, man in the church. You, Bernie, Charlie Hughes, um, John Shifus, um John's not a pastor, but to that level, um, some of our other community Bible study leaders, and uh, those guys will immediately bring that to my attention. And so, and we're not talking about little gray areas where people might disagree to some area. And I don't mean little, but gray areas where people might disagree. You know, there's always discussions. And we at Canyon Ridge, and I think most churches want to give freedom to people who might say, um, I, I prefer this style of music over this style. Okay, we're, we're not talking about heretical music. We're talking about, like, okay, we see your point. We're just not going to go that direction. Or, or we might see um, differences on some other preferential type of issues. This is talking about heresy, false doctrine, false teaching. I think you could make an argument that this would even be, based on the, the context of Scripture, this could be... Um, attacking of authority and leadership within the local New Testament church. I think that, you know, with the intent of trying to draw people and pull people away, um, I think that that's what you could make that application. Amen. Well, on a happier note. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the 21st anniversary of Canyon Range Baptist Church with six Zane Garza. This is, this is the passage you wanted to preach out of, so we had to go with it. Um, I was thinking 21 years uh, to get back to the anniversary. What's one of your favorite memories from the Kearney Rec Center? I never experienced the Kearney Rex. Oh, man. Um, 
one of my, my favorite memory was seeing people after service because it's part of the DNA of Canyon Ridge, just fellowshipping in the rec center and seeing gang members walk in and out of the basketball court and people inviting them to church and asking them how they're doing and high fiving them and and I love that and people from the community coming in and just developing relationships with people that was that was really really great I love that yeah that was fun that's cool what about in Chesterton. Uh, leaving, leaving was my favorite. <laughs> it was that bad? Yeah, it was a lot of work. Chesterton was was a very, very difficult, needed but difficult move for us. And I think probably my favorite memory was getting locked out of Chesterton one day. And so we were able to break it. We were able to get inside to the courtyard and everything. So we had service under the canopy, but the the guy who opened up never showed up. And somehow we were able to, I don't remember how we were able to get into the, the school area because, you know, it's fenced. Yeah. Uh, but we were, and we just had service under an awning and, and that was fun. I, I mean, great memories of, of, I remember people getting saved there and, and helped in marriages and all that kind of stuff. That was awesome. Amen. Favorite memory at this location? 6866 Linda Vista Road. Man, I've got a ton. I've got a ton. You come into church on a skate on a dime board for the first time. Penny board. Penny board. <laughs> yeah. You come to church on a penny board. Um, <laughs> Uh, the rim model, Bernie and Leslie getting married. The first time we gave over $300,000 to missions was at this property. And I love that. Um, buying the property, um, and the church voting on it, like in November and January of the next year, we took possession of it. And that year, uh, 70 people who voted yes, moved away. We we're only running 170 of them moved away that year. And I learned it's really easy to vote about other people's future when it won't affect you. Uh, but I'm so thankful for those folks. Step of faith. And then watch God rebuild and rebuild and rebuild and just constantly. I mean, that's the nature of our ministry, right? And so God's always been super faithful for that. And just the impact we've had in this community. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes just thinking about it. Mm. Yeah. Ministries aren't built in days or weeks or months or years. They're built over decades. If it's built fast, it'll die fast. And so flash in the pans are really cool when they're in the pan, but then they they got nothing left. It is really awesome to see where the church started and where it is now. And uh, I feel like I t- kind of take it for granted, um, but it's not the case for every church plant, right. especially here in California. Is there anything you would say to encourage people who are thinking about coming, praying about coming, are coming, or are already here to those church planters who you know might have difficult times ahead of them? Well, the difficulties are, are going to come. We're in a spiritual warfare, and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, mighty through God, the pulling down of car- strongholds. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness of this world. So spiritual attacks are going to come, and then you're dealing with people. And people have problems. I mean, we all do. We, we, we all do. And so I would, I would say to my church-planting brothers, um, determine that you're not going to quit. Determine that you're going to keep moving forward and pressing on and just just stay after it. And I would, I would encourage you, encourage our church planners to stay passionate about reaching the lost. Um, I might be more vulnerable on this point than I should be. But I got connected with a group of people who were very helpful in teaching me how to preach and helping me. But overall, it was an incredible negative because they don't have the concern for the loss that they should. Um, 
Jesus has called us to go to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in and to be passionate for the lost. And um, I would encourage my church planting fraternity members um, to do everything you can to continually reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ over and over and over again, be passionate about reaching people with the gospel. I don't know that that means that you have to stand on a street corner and, and do street preaching, though I, I know some people who do that. We've never done that, probably never would. I, it doesn't fit with me. But I don't, want, I don't want two days to go by without me trying to start a conversation with somebody about the gospel and passing out tracts. And we, every year we've put hundreds of thousands of flyers on doors. We've knocked... I mean, I'm looking out over the city. I'm probably looking out over 50,000 homes. And every year, every one of those doors is going to have a flyer put on it or get somebody's going to knock on it and invite somebody to church. And and uh, I was just on a ride-along a couple weeks ago. For those of you who don't know, I'm a, I'm a chaplain with the best police force in America, the San Diego Police Department. And um, we were on a call. And on the call, uh, I saw a person that I met on outreach for Easter and um, the person was going through a really difficult time, and, and, and my job is, is to be for the officers, and so after we were done, I asked the officer, hey, can, I know that person, can I say something to him? And I walked back up there, and I just gave him a few words of encouragement. I had witnessed to them before. I mean, stuff like that, it, that's life-changing. Life-changing for them, helpful for me. It just keeps the fire going, and so stay. Stay where you're at, especially if you're in California, um, it's going to seem difficult, and it is. It's going to be a challenge at times, um, but but stick. I remember growing up hearing a guy in the state of Washington preach a message, and he and this was his phrase: "Stick and stay, and make it pay. Just stay at it, you know, and um, and get after people. And if you're a, if you're doing weird things, stop doing weird things. Don't blame don't blame Jesus because you're weird. Be less weird." Have somebody get a consultant, and a consultant can be a friend who will be honest with you to watch your service, and they're like, that's weird, man. Why are you doing that? I've got some friends that would never tell me if we're doing something weird, so I don't ask them if we're doing something weird. But I have other friends who tell me if we're doing weird stuff, and I've had, I had friends this last week like, I, I think that's weird. You shouldn't do that. That's a little painful to hear. I'm super thankful for it. It affected my preaching this week. I was with Park Sutton this week. And, and Park will share his point of view. And so I asked him, and he's a great preacher. I'm like, hey, talk to me about my preaching. What do you think? He's like, I think you should improve in this one area. Okay. All right. Roger that. That was helpful. And, and I mean, it was helpful, you know. And so um, to our, my church planning friends, man, stay after it. Passionate for souls. And you got to work on the front end incredibly hard. Incredibly hard. And uh, establish great, great habits and work like mad on the front end. And you'll be glad that you did. Because if you, if you wait, like, oh, we're just going to, we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of learn everything. And then as we go, we'll figure it out. No, 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 no. A body in motion stays in motion. You're creating a culture at your church from service number one. And you got to, our California needs Jesus and Jesus changes everything. So get out there and, 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 and get it done. I mean, last week, I don't know how many hours, it was kind of a slower outreach week for us, scheduled slow. Um, but last week, I think I was on outreach 
via a ride-along 13 hours. I had four gospel conversations and encouraged the officer I was riding with in a great way, a member of our church, and um, had opportunity to, to minister to him. Um, and I think I'm going to have other people come because of that endeavor. Um, it wasn't just a ride along. They're all missional and I love it. Love just being a, and I don't always get that privilege, but, and then you were on outreach. We were on outreach. Church was on outreach. I mean, we probably passed out well over 2000 flyers last week, put them on doors on a, on a holiday weekend. And, um, so you just got to be after it and, and, and work hard. And I know that sounds daunting. That sounds daunting. But by the grace of God, you can do it. You can do it. Amen. Thanks for that. Uh, you're sharing your heart. Yeah. I think it's it's good for me to hear, and so good for our listeners as well. Well, what pen do you have today, Pastor? Man, I think I've showed this one before. This is a Monteverdi. Um, good grief. Which one is this? It's Monteverdi. I forget what, what pen it is. Uh, not the Sequoia. It's the one smaller. This is the first... Uh, over $30 pen I ever bought is like 50 bucks. It's, um, it's uh, got a great nib on it, writes super well. I hadn't used it in six months. It's been full of ink, dried out, ran it under the faucet for about 10 seconds, dried it off, writes beautifully. It's, it's a really, really good pen. I really, really like this one. And we need to talk about Bernie Lund. Let's take two minutes to talk about Bernie Lund and his afterthought skit last night. <laughs> Um, in the afternoon service. Matter of fact, can we post that on here? Can we put that on here? Hey guys, right here. I'm on Afterthoughts 2023. We are here live. Hello world. Yeah. No cap. I made it. I made it. My burn dog and my boy Gen Z. Burn did a great job on the skit yesterday. That was really fun. You were a perfect straight man. And um, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. And that, that just kind of, the whole thing was on the back of Bernie's shoulders. Yeah, um, it was all him. You kind of sat there. John was essentially pointless. And, <laughs> um, and Burn, man, he just, I did nothing. And, uh, and it, that was really, that was a lot of fun. So I really, really enjoyed, enjoyed that a lot. That yeah. was fantastic. It was fun to hear the church laugh. Made me laugh. I was sitting at, next to Debbie, who laughs easy, and Noah, who laughs incredibly easy. So half of the joy was here in their joy. I mean, it was funny, yeah. but here in their joy was so much fun, too. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like watching something funny with somebody who, who finds it hilarious. And so uh, that was really cool, too. I really, really enjoyed that. So, so are we ever going to see Bernie Lund on the Afterthought Show? Should we see him on the Afterthought Show? We might have him as a special guest every once in a while. We probably should. It'd have to be the right time. It'd have to be the right time. Yeah. <laughs> now, Bern, if you don't know Bern, uh, people from our church obviously know, but if you don't know Bernie Lund, one of the wisest guys you'll ever meet and visit with. And so he's a great dude, and we love him to death and super thankful for him. And I'm thankful, I just want to say after 21 years, I'm thankful for um, the, it's not countless, but there's, there's a, a lot of guys in ministry, and I, I've never counted the guys in ministry that we've had opportunity to influence here at Canyon Ridge. And, and sometimes people say, um, you know, we we have this many people out of our church that that were saved and, and are in ministry. I, I just think this. I think when it comes to people being in ministry, it's a partnership. And there's a lot of people that help us. Like, you're saved, baptized, discipled at Canyon Ridge, but I'm not the only pastor that's influenced you. You've been influenced by your godly father-in-law and mother-in-law. You've been influenced by special speakers we've had here. You've been influenced by people in the church, mentors in the church. I, to me, that's just awesome. 
I just get to be a part of that. And so the interns, the 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 full time staff guys, the lay staff members. I think of Mike and Kristen, a, a couple in our church that they are not vocational staff members, but man, they're great lay leaders in the church. To me, they're as effective as staff members. They just work a job and uh, they came to our church. If I remember the story, they were saved. I don't think they got saved here. They might've got baptized here. They've been here a long time and um, just faithful. John, I mean, been here forever. Um, and I don't know, we don't even know what John's ministry is. I mean, we know what his ministries are, but is he called a full-time vocational ministry or called to help at the church? I think a little bit of both. And when he came here, that's not at all what he wanted to do. Uh, my wife, my daughters, other kids in the church. I, I just, man, to me, that is just so encouraging in 21 years. The, the number of people that are every day of every week, faithfully serving the Lord Jesus Christ, our trail life team, people that just give a huge amount of their life for the cause of Jesus Christ. I think it's awesome. I just think it's That's awesome. Great. So and then music team, I, I could go on. I, I always hate doing that because I'm missing somebody. I'm going to go home and go, why did I not think of them? Right. But if I forgot you, I was thinking about you. It just took me a while. So uh, yeah, it's awesome. Sweet. Well, thanks for your time, Pastor. Thank you, Mr. Zane Garza. I hope next week you're feeling better. Me too. We'll be back in Romans 11 next week. Amen. So it's going to be a good one. All right. Thanks for watching the Afterthought Show. If you like this broadcast, please share it on your favorite social media platform, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Afterthought Show with Zane Garza and Chris Chadwick. To listen to the sermon that inspired this episode, check out Canyon Ridge Baptist Church on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. For information about our church, Pastor Chadwick, or how to know Jesus is your Savior, visit our website at CanyonRidgeSanDiego.com. Canyon Ridge is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday. We'll see you next time.